0: Hi there, everyone. I'm, of course, Rob, a producer on the Black Country Talking News. And this week's edition is for the 3rd of August 2022.
1: Hello and welcome to the Black Country Talking News brought to you by the sight loss charity Beacon Centre. We are pleased to confirm that the Talking News is now available via Alexa. Once you've enabled the Talking Newspaper skill, all you need to do is play Talking Newspapers and ask for the Black Country Talking News. Our Talking News service is also available via the free wireless for the blind app. It can be found on the Beacon Centre website www.beaconvision.org forward slash talking hyphen news as a podcast via services such as Apple or Spotify or as a free CD simply contact Beacon Centre on 01902 880 we hope you enjoy this week's edition
0: thank you Angela speaking for us this week we have myself Rob Helen Mina, Mary, Christine, Ian, Pete, Liz, Angela, The Gardening Guru, Alistair, Jan, Tanya and of course we have Flashback Roger. In this week's edition we have some local news in the black country, the Beacon update, a weekly trivia quiz, news from Wolves and West Bromwich Albion, a did you know section from Flashback Roger, the weather, the August Beacon lifestyle newsletter with news of upcoming events and activities an article about Paraclimber and rounding us off, we have some gardening tips for the month of August. However, we start this week with our guess the sound question. I'm going to play a sound clip and all you have to do is simply guess what it is. So, here's this week's clip. Have a think on that and we will reveal the answer later alongside the usual quiz answers. We have now, then, as always, some local news, brought just by myself, Rob. And first up, it's Christine.
2: A deal for a new police superstation in Dudley has fallen through amid a row over land costs. West Midlands Police want to build a new Black Country headquarters on land off Hall Street to replace the current station in Brierley Hill. But the site next to the Nuttles factory has now been put back on the market after West Midlands Police and Dudley Council failed to agree on a price. Dudley Council leader Patrick Harley told The Star there had been zero progress on a deal since he issued the force with an ultimatum in May. We've had three years of dilly-dallying with the police saying they are committed to buying the land but not willing to meet the price, he said. We have bent over backwards to help them, including lowering the price. But if they can't get their act together, then we will look to find a buyer who can. It is up to them if they want to come back with an acceptable offer. We can't wait forever and the land is now back on the market. Council Chiefs had initially asked for around £750,000 for the site, which was previously earmarked for a giant mosque and has stood derelict for years. West Midlands Police says it remains committed to building a new station in the town. A spokesperson for the force said, We are committed to building a brand new state-of-the-art police station in the centre of Dudley. Plans for a new station were first revealed in 2019, following a campaign by the then Dudley North MP, Ian Austin. It was included in the force's revised estates programme, published in November last year, as a replacement for the Briley Hill station, which is due to close sometime after autumn 2024. Dudley has been without a police station since the old one on New Street was shut down in 2017 as part of
0: cost-cutting measures. Wolverhampton Council could face a budget deficit of more than £25 million by 2026, despite almost setting a balanced budget for the next year, Figures show. Finance chiefs in Wolverhampton have managed to reduce a shortfall of £12.2 million reported back in February down to just under a million for 2023-24. It means there will be no public services lost in the city with a deficit funded through the use of council's reserves, one-off grant use and other methods. But despite reducing the shortfall for next financial year, there is still an estimated budget deficit of £25.7 million the authority could be facing by twenty five twenty six. 26 Councillor Abadi Ahmed, Cabinet Member for Resources and Digital City at Wolverhampton Council, presented an update on the city's finances at a Cabinet meeting last week. The Council has built up a strong track record over many years of managing its finances well and has consistently set a balanced budget. In February 2022, it was reported the Council was faced with a forecast budget deficit of £12.6 million for 23-24, rising to twenty five point eight million by twenty five twenty six. Work has been ongoing to identify proposals to address this budget deficit. We've also reviewed our assumptions on government funding and developed a number of scenarios worst case, mid-case and best case, and we will adjust our assumptions based on the mid-case and this will be kept under review. The efficiencies identified will go a long way in enabling the council to set a balanced budget for twenty three twenty four. With an updated forecast deficit of just under 1 million for 23 24, rising to 25.7 million for 25 26. Councillor Ian Brookfield, leader of the authority, said the deficit was just under 1 million for next year and put them in a position most authorities would give a right arm for. We're already seeing that, due to the work undertaken, that the budget setting next year is close to bringing in a balanced budget without loss of services to the residents of the city. How many of your voters in the country will be saying that in six months' time? So this is fantastic news.
2: Council tax bills in the West Midlands could rise next year to pay for the Wensbury-Briley Hill tramline. The metro extension through Dudley has been plunged into doubt after bosses split the scheme into two phases due to a huge funding shortfall. It has now emerged that leaders on the West Midlands Combined Authority are looking at eight or nine options to raise the cash needed to build the entire 6.8 mile route. They include the seven member councils, Dudley, Sandwell, Walsall, Wolverhampton, Birmingham, Coventry and Solihull, increasing their contribution to the transport precept. Another option would see West Midlands Mayor Andy Street raise the mayoral council tax precept, a move that would break a pledge made when he was re-elected last year. The cost of delivering the wensbury Briley Hill line has shot up by more than 20% to £550 million, with the pandemic and the war in Ukraine among the factors blamed by bosses. Dudley Council leader Patrick Harley said he was confident the line would be built in full with the majority of the funding brought in by borrowing against future patronage. At the moment, no one has used the tram for the last two years because of COVID and then when we have got back up and running, it has broken down, he said. Any business plan based on borrowing against losing nearly two and a half years of patronage is automatically shot to pieces. On top of that, there are eight or nine solid options that we are looking at that will bring in more than enough to pay for the metro, even without the fare box coming back to what it was pre-COVID. Some of them may not be particularly attractive to politicians, such as local authorities paying a bit extra into the transport precept and the mayor imposing a precept. But the options are there and we can't keep looking at central government to foot the bill. We'll be looking at each of them carefully to see what is best for everyone involved.
0: A scheme to slash journey times on a rail line through the West Midlands and Shropshire moved a stage closer after a £15 million plan was submitted to the government. Rail bosses have put forward a business case for work on the Birmingham to Shrewsbury line which would boost train speed to 90 miles per hour. According to plans, the project, which has been backed by MPs, will deliver economic benefits of £23 million, with £16 created for the region for every £1 invested. Work is slated to start in 2025 if it is given the green light by the Department for Transport. Bosses hope the improvements will be a precursor to the full electrification of the line, which is expected to cost £200 million. Maria macken CEO of Midland Connect, said, Today's news is another step forward and a major milestone in our journey towards delivering this major project as a part of our Midlands Engine Rail Programme. In the medium term we are championing the need for direct, hourly trains to London and electrification but we are also promoting the short term win of a line speed improvement. I believe that this project will help level up the Black Country, support economic development in Shropshire and unlock fantastic growth in Telford in the years ahead. As a part of the scheme, tracks will be realigned on two stretches to shorten the route, while signal improvements will be brought in. It comes out of the government's Union Connectivity Review identified the importance of Shrewsbury as a centre for connecting Wales to the Midlands. Jane Stevenson, MP, for Wolverhampton North East said, This business case is another step forward to delivering better links and greener and faster trains between Wolverhampton and Shrewsbury. For my constituents it could also potentially mean a new railway station in Penderford so that more people can have wider access to jobs, training or school. Wolverhampton has seen major investment in the last few years and I believe that this project is another concrete example of levelling up for the black country.
2: Legal restrictions surrounding the use of Dudley Hippodrome's land look set to be removed as chiefs look to press ahead with education campus plans. The Kennedy family, which ran the historic theatre for more than 20 years, placed a covenant on two adjacent buildings restricting the future use of the site. It was enforced on the Art Deco Theatre and the neighbouring Plaza Cinema, stopping the sites from being used for other than entertainment, housing or retail. But now Dudley Council Chiefs have now signed a formal document which paves the way for the covenant to be overturned, allowing the buildings to be demolished. Councillor Simon Phipps, Cabinet Member for Regeneration and Enterprise, said these buildings are key to our plans to create a world-class higher education facility on that site. Which will create jobs and training opportunities. The latest decision will allow us to press ahead at pace and add to the rolling £1 billion worth of regeneration activity we have in the borough. Planning permission has already been granted for the controversial scheme, and despite the efforts of campaigners, the historic venue looks certain to be knocked down. Dudley Hippodrome Development Trust previously argued they do not oppose the regeneration of Dudley but that the Hippodrome should form a major part of it. The £25 million nursing college will be run by Worcester University on the Castle Hill site, which also includes the former JB's nightclub and martial arts centre. The project, which is a partnership between the council Dudley College of Technology and University of Worcester has been overseen by the Dudley Towns Fund Board. The higher education facility will include a university facility and will provide university-level courses for the health sector. It is being funded through a £25 million award from the government's Towns Fund.
0: Up next, we hear from Helen, who of course has for us the Beacon Update.
2: Hi everyone and welcome
3: to August. As ever, we've got plenty going on at Beacon at the moment and this week I am starting with a very big thank you to the residents of Jewsby Drive in Penn, Wolverhampton, whose recent Jubilee Street Party raised an incredible £660 in aid of Beacon. Thank you for helping us make a difference for people with sight loss living locally. If you'd like to host your own fundraising event in A Beacon, then get in touch with our fundraising team. You can email, support us at beaconvision to find out more or also give us a call on 01902 nano now pop the champagne our canic store is one. not quite sure where the time's gone, but we are so proud of the team who've worked so hard over the past year to make the store a part of the Canic community and we'd like to thank everyone who's shopped with us or donated to us over the past 12 months. We so appreciate your support in helping to make a difference. If you haven't visited us yet, why not drop in? You can find us at 19 Marketplace Canic WS11 1BS next week imagine getting a call to say you've won one of 10 amazing prizes in our summer raffle well from family days out and sporting memorabilia to a pamper session and a free course meal we've got something for everyone and of course if you enter you'll be helping to support our work it costs just one pound an entry and you can get your ticket online at www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising, forward slash Beacon Summer Raffle 2022. That's www.justgiving.com, forward slash fundraising, forward slash Beacon Summer Raffle 2022. Also, you can get tickets in any of our seven retail shops around the region. Now, school's out for summer. Yeah, our Hales Owen shop on Hagley Street has got you covered for all your summer holiday needs, from family board games to keep you all entertained to stylish dresses for every party this season. And as always, the team have created a fantastic window display too that includes some yellow and blue bunting spelling out, school's out for summer, a range of board games and toys, colourful flowers and outfits on mannequins, including a white dress with some lovely blue flowers. Last this week, it's afternoon tea this month and you are cordially invited to help us celebrate and raise funds for Beacon. We'll be hosting afternoon tea at our centre between the 9th and 11th of August with a special dog-friendly serving on the 10th of August. But if you can't make it, why not throw your own party? You can download your own afternoon tea pack from our website, set a date and invite guests and plan what you're going to eat and drink, it doesn't matter if you buy cakes or bake your own. Then, you need to decide how you support Beacon for your event, perhaps by asking attendees for a donation or charging a small entry fee for those who come along. Lastly, eat cake and make a difference. That's simple. To get your free afternoon tea pack or find out more about our other afternoon tea week activities, head to our website, www.beaconvision.org forward slash afternoon hyphen tea week you can also book afternoon tea at our center prices start from 12.95 for humans and seven pounds for dogs by calling 01902 880 or email inquiries at beaconvision.org that's it for this week i'll be back to catch up with you all again soon
2: bye
0: thank you very much for that beacon update helen up now We've got some more local news. i you kicking this one off? Well, it's Muggins here. Keith and Anita Markham of Sedgley are amongst the thousands of families in Dudley, Wolverhampton and surrounding areas who will be unable to use roads around their home during the cycling time trials on Thursday. Mr Markham, 80, and his wife, who is 78, are due to attend the wedding of their godson, James Bakewell, and his fiancée, Elizabeth, at the Hundred House Hotel in Norton near Shifnal the same day as the race. But closures for the games mean the only way they can attend would stay in a hotel the night before. The race runs straight past their home in Penn Road, Gospel End which would be closed to traffic from 5 a.m. to 6 p.m. on the day. The road closures mean there will be no access to the main road network for people living in Gospel End, Cotwall End, Northway, and Brownswall areas of Sedgley for the day of the race, along with the Goldthorn Park area of Wolverhampton, and areas of Woodseton and Upper Gornal. The couple said they had to pay £120 to stay at the Premier Inn in Telford and they accused organisers of showing a lack of flexibility. Mr Markham said, I went to a meeting at Wombourne Community Centre and was told there would be no concessions and that we would have to try to make alternative arrangements. How can we do that? Are they asking us to postpone the wedding? Mr Markham said he was a close friend of the groom's father who had died recently Mrs Markham added, I think it's ever so unfair. A lot of elderly people live in this area. How are they going to get the medical appointments and how are their carers going to get to them? There should have been more consideration for this. Not everyone is mad on sport.
2: Another historic pub has been boarded up as the industry continues to struggle. The Blue Brick on Wallows Road, Briley Hill, was originally known as the Commercial Inn and dates back to 1856. The pub was renamed because of the colour of its bricks to the Blue Brick Commercial Inn in 1892. It has now been seen with its windows and doors boarded up, leading to speculation it may be closed for good. Sarah Hetherington had been trying to get the pub back to its former glory, but has shared on social media that she has had to shut up shop. Sarah said in a post, The last couple of weeks I have paid staff out of my own pocket as we have not been making enough. As it has been so quiet and I'm sure other pubs have been quiet too so I have made the choice to go back up north. You have all been a great bunch of people, welcoming, warm and funny. We will miss you all. Take care and keep smiling and share the love. Dean Handley shared that the pub was the second he ever drank in and he spent many years in there. He said big loss to the Dudley Fields with Blue Brick going. The British Beer and Pub Association has made a call for the next PM to support beer and pubs as a must. Emma McClarkin, chief executive of the British Beer and Pub Association said The beer and pub industry showed its resilience, grit and innovation during the pandemic and we welcomed the support measures put in place by the government. However, record levels of inflation, lack of access to workforce, soaring energy prices and unfair tax burdens are stifling the recovery of the sector. Our sector delivers jobs and huge economic value to every part of the UK and we sit at the heart of our communities. For the sector to recover, it is crucial we get support to help it recover and return to sustainable growth. I urge whoever the new Prime Minister is to follow measures outlined in this manifesto and help pubs and brewers to thrive in coming years.
0: Plans have been submitted which could see a community centre in the Black Country torn down and replaced with a new modern health facility. Lower Bradley Community Centre on Wallace Road in Wolverhampton could be replaced under the proposals submitted to Wolverhampton Council. It would see the property freeholds sold by Wolverhampton Council to the occupying MGS medical practice before the existing building is torn down. And then a new health and community facility will be built, which will be leased back to the council to sublease to the Lower Bradley Community Association. Councillor Bapinda Gakal Cabinet Member for City Assets and Housing said, Our priority is for Wolfroonians to live longer, healthier lives in inclusive communities that provide quality care for those who need it. This new facility will provide a bespoke health and community centre that will serve as a great benefit to the residents of Lower Bradley and surrounding areas. It will not only enhance the level of health care, but will also provide a community hub that showcases effective partnership working. The plans submitted by MGS Medical Practice are supported by the Lower Bradley Community Association and the Black Country Integrated Care Board, previously the NHS Black Country and West Birmingham Clinical Commissioning Group. The Council, alongside Lower Bradley Community Association, has also identified Pool Strengthening Families Hub as a temporary home for their community association while works are ongoing, with a date for the move to be confirmed. MGS Medical Practice will continue to provide clinical services within the Bradley area during the redevelopment.
2: A Dudley pensioner has said that the town council should be ashamed of itself after putting up a flimsy plastic barrier to stop children and families seeing human bones. Anne Mathers, who is 88, lives behind a public footpath in Coesley, littered with bones and skulls taken from a nearby cemetery by burrowing badgers. The Badgers had also left gruesome body parts all over her garden. A council representative said the footpath is now blocked off from either end. But Mrs Mathers says the problem is not the right of way, but the Badgers, and she wants the problem sorted. She also says a flimsy plastic barrier will not stop people from using the right of way, and the council should be ashamed of itself. Mrs Mathers said, no longer do I consider them a fair lot of people who are running the council at the moment. Should my garden be their land, they would soon be getting it sorted. It's the lack of concern that the council has known for a year plus about what's going on and they have done nothing at all to get it mended. I think it's an utter disgrace and people expect to pay their rates for a council that cares and Dudley Council does not care. They installed a false stoppage, which was a post and a plastic gate. That's no shut off at all. They should be ashamed of themselves. It's the people's right of way and they've got every right to use it. The problem is the mounds of earth filled with bones that have been dumped there. Dudley Council has said it is working with an ecologist to solve the problem and in the meantime has erected barriers. Councillor Shaz Salim, Cabinet Member for Highways and Public Realm, said We closed off the public right-of-way using barriers and have been sending a highways inspector down there to make sure they are still in place. Unfortunately, on more than one occasion since we closed it off, we have found the barriers on the ground and had to reposition them. We are stepping up the regularity of our inspections and also looking at alternatives to make the closure more secure.
0: A new food store has opened its doors at the revamped Wolverhampton railway station. Central England Co-op has created 20 new jobs with the investment. The launch coincided with the beginning of the Commonwealth Games and staff were joined by young athletes from Wolverhampton and Bilston Athletics Club to cut the ribbon on the store and celebrate the festival of sport taking place across the West Midlands. Shoppers and commuters were treated to entertainment by performers from the Wolverhampton Grand Theatre's Memory Cafe. The cafe supports people living with dementia and their family and carers, a course close to Central England Co-op's heart as it has raised over 1.7 million for Dementia UK over recent years. A food bank collection point has also been installed to support the great work of the Wolverhampton Food Bank, as it continues to manage the increased demand caused by the ongoing cost of living crisis. To mark the launch, the store made a special donation of food and essentials to the food bank. The new shop has self service checkouts for those looking to make a quick purchase and a charging bar where people can charge their mobile phones. Store manager Carl Smythman said, It's great to have finally opened our doors and welcome our new customers and members to see our fantastic new store and to see what we have on offer. All of us here are proud to be a part of such a great community in Wolverhampton and are excited that the Commonwealth Games is underway with lots of events are taking place in the area and many fans and athletes coming through the station across the next fortnight. Therefore, it was fantastic to welcome athletes from Wolverhampton and Bilston Athletics Club to join us on our opening day and to help us cut the ribbon and promote getting active and getting involved in sport. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank locals and commuters for their patience as the work on the store has progressed. It's been long-awaited, but hopefully everyone will enjoy the store as much as we do. Now it's time to test your knowledge as we have the quiz questions for this edition and they're brought to us by Mina.
4: And welcome to this week's cinema-themed flashback quiz. All the answers you need can be found later in Flashback Rogers' Did You Know feature. But for now, here are your questions. Are you ready? Question 1. In what year was the first film shown to a proper audience? Question 2. What was a popular name for Zotro Machine? Question 3. Where could you see a zoetrope? Question 4. Can you name another popular movie toy used by families? Question 5. What was the title of the first talking picture? And finally, question 6. What does CGI stand for? As always, I'll be back to reveal the answers later in the show, but for now, good luck!
0: Up now with the Beacon Lifestyle Newsletter for August, providing you with all the information of the goings-on events and activities happening here at the Beacon Centre.
5: Hello, and welcome to Beacon Lifestyle Newsletter for August i hope you're all well and have enjoyed our lovely sunshine in July. it has been really hot hasn't it we can't water the beacon allotment fast enough at the minute i do feel i'm a fully fledged member of the beacon staff now and really feel part of the team i'm getting more requests for activities keep them coming we need to reach more people so please pass the word that we are open and active and we have so much going on for visually impaired people. Do you know someone who would like to receive this newsletter? Please don't hesitate to contact the Lifestyle Team on 019 02 880 111. The Commonwealth Games are coming to Birmingham and we are so lucky. We even have a cycling event passing right outside the Beacon Centre in Sedgley. It's a great opportunity to watch new sports that you wouldn't normally get to see. Enjoy reading the newsletter and hopefully there's something new that takes your interest and you can get involved in. Have a great month.
0: Sedgley and Stourbridge Lifestyle Centres. Our Sedgley Centre is now open Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays between 10am and 3pm. During the days we chat, cook, paint, have guest speakers, play bingo, knit and help at the allotment. Come and join us for a free trial day. Our coffee morning is in August and is on Friday the 12th, 10am to 12pm. Come and have a cuppa and a chat, £5 per person. Why not contact Kim or Sally for more information? We can't wait to meet you. Simply call 01902 111. Our Stowbridge Centre is open on Tuesday, 10am to 3pm and Thursday, 9am to 2pm. We love a chat, listen to music, make crafts, do quizzes and get moving with our gentle exercise class. Come and join us for a free trial day. Our coffee morning is on to August 26th, 10am to 12pm. Join us for a brew and a chat, £5 per person. Why not contact Dawn? For more information, we can't wait to meet you. Simply call 01902 880 111. Transport to and from both centres can be provided on request.
2: Upcoming trips. On Wednesday the 7th of September we have a narrowboat trip. This is a narrowboat trip that enables groups to have access to the canal network with its peace and quiet, unique wildlife and rich local history. So sit back and enjoy the wildlife. This trip will be leaving at 10.30am, returning at 2.30pm from the Wildside Activity Centre, Horndon Road, Wolverhampton. Tea and coffee will be provided, but please do bring a packed lunch, refreshments or even order a chippy en route. The trip will cost £8 to £12, depending on numbers and is pay on the day. The minibus cost, if required, is £5, departing at 10am and returning back for 3pm. On Friday the 11th of October... Discover a magical journey through limestone tunnels over 428 million years old which were handmade by black country folk from years gone by. Be amazed by the caverns, learn about the materials and listen to the commentary from the skipper. Leaving at 11am we have a table booked at 12.15pm for refreshments at the Canal Side Cafe on our return. Dudley Canal Trust, Birmingham New Road, Dudley. The trip will cost £9.45 to £10, depending on age and is pay on the day. The minibus cost, if required, is £5, departing at 10.15am to Dudley Canal Trust and returning back for 2pm. All our activities must be booked in advance, so do call 01902 880
6: 111. Here's what's on at our center this month. It's Stretching and Balance class. Improving balance, coordination and strength is ever useful in keeping us all functioning at our best. It's £4.50 per session and there are limited spaces. This takes place on Thursday the 11th of August between 10.30am and 11.30am in the gym at Sedgley. Or you could try box fit, sparring, core work, strength and sweat. £4.50 a session and again there are limited spaces. This one takes place on Monday the 15th of August between 10am and 11am in the gym at Sedgley again. But if you want something a little more sedate why not try our Gentle Movement class. Gentle Seated and Standing class working the whole body with Mary. It's £4.50 a session, a fun friendly class to music and again limited spaces. Join us on Wednesday the 24th of August between 10.30 and 11.30am in the gym at Sedgley. Or you could use our Beacon Gym. Rob is our gym instructor and personal trainer. He can support you to set individual plans and work with you to achieve your goals, whether that be fitness, weight loss or mobility. Why not book your free introduction? You can use the gym as part of the lifestyle package or individual costs are as follows. For individual gym use, unsupervised, it's £4.50 an hour. For individual gym use, supervised, it's £10 an hour. Gym membership, unsupervised, is £20 a month. And gym membership supervised is £40 a month. All our activities must be booked in advance. So to do so, simply call 01902 880
1: Here's what we're doing outside our centres this month. Join us for a tandem bike ride at Bobbington Airport and the surrounding roads on Monday the 8th of August. Bikes are provided and trained experienced lead riders will support you. The event itself is free. The minibus cost is £7 departing at 10am beacon to Bobbington, returning at 1.30. This month, we are joining in with the Beat the Street initiative in Dudley. It's about improving mental, physical health and getting communities together. Beat boxes have been placed around the community on lampposts, and with our cards, we will try and register as many stops as possible. We have your cards ready and the map to hand, so let's get walking and talking. First stop is reception at Sedgley Beacon Centre on Wednesday, the tenth of August at eleven a m Test out your fishing skills at and Moat on Wednesday, the seventeenth of August. Back by popular demand equipment provided the trip cost is eight pounds. Pay at Moat on the day. The minibus cost is seven pounds departing at ten thirty a m Beacon to All Brighton, returning at 2pm. Why not get involved in some 10-pin bowling at Castlegate Dudley on Friday the 19th of August? All abilities welcome, it's a friendly and fun atmosphere. The trip cost is £6.45 for two games, pay at the bowling alley. The minibus cost is £5, departing at 10.30am, Beacon to Castlegate, and returning at 2 p.m all of our activities must be booked in advance to do so simply call 01902 880
7: meet our staff members every month you will get to learn about a member of staff who works for beacon This month we have myself, Alistair, who works in the Fab Lab at Sedgley. Hi, I'm Alistair and I have worked for The Beacon for 12 months. It is the best job I have ever had. I get to meet new people, engage with them and be creative. I teach and support volunteers and students in the Fab Lab, where we create all kinds of bespoke gifts such as bird boxes, Personalised mirrors, t shirts, cups, keyrings, and so many other items. I live in Gornal and have many hobbies, including walking, photography, drawing, creative writing, listening to live music, and travelling. I have lived in both Australia and Germany and would love to visit many other countries, but now I am happy being in the UK and helping visually impaired people learn a new skill please pop into the fab lab and say hi. Please feel free to contact us and order a catalog so you can browse our items. Have a good day, everybody.
8: Are you struggling in the sunshine? Well, Bee can have a range of filter glasses that might be able to help. They're called cocoons, and they're specifically designed for sight loss. Now, what they'll do is they'll reduce glare, they'll help with bright light and improve contrast as well. So you can wear cocoons either on their own or over your prescription glasses. And all glasses, all cocoons offer full UV protection. So if you're struggling a bit with bright light and you'd like to try on a pair of cocoon filters, then why not make an appointment? We'll be able to help you find the right lens and the frame that will make life a little bit more comfortable for you. So if you would like an appointment, give us a call on 01902 880 111 and ask for a sight loss advisor. So call Beacon on 01902 880 111.
9: Hello, it's your gardening guru here on jobs for August. We continue with our watering, mostly in the morning or evening time is best as it gets towards the roots. Directly water to the root of the plant and don't waste water over the soil or over the foliage. Particularly for tomatoes, cucurbits, and brassicas and uruna beans to keep them picking. Weeding, worth hoeing to keep on top of the weeds on sunny days, as they, the weeds will then die. Feeding. Tomatoes need a high potash feed, but also note, give them a dose of magnesium, perhaps some salts, one tablespoon to a gallon of water, which will prevent blossom end rot on the fruits. Also keep staking and removing side shoots from the leaf axles. At the moment we're planting purple broccoli and spring cabbage. Sowing biennial flowers e.g. wallflowers or sweet williams can be sown now and you can still time to sow some late dwarf french beans for a late crop in September-October. You can also now find plants of um, potato tubers in the garden centres and you can plant them up uh, for Christmas in individual bags which I then bring in the greenhouse as the frosts arrive in October so November. You can even use a compass bag for these and put two or three in. Harvesting, obviously we are harvesting all sorts. Carrots, onions are lifted and dried off in the shed. We are picking beans, peas, courgettes etc. In the flower bed keep deadheading flowers to keep them blooming for the frosts. Indoor plants, feed, regular feed. Fosthogen is a good balanced feed. And look out for pests, e.g. mealybug and aphids. Question time answer. Uh, Indoor plants for a living room, which is dark. You've got to really go for foliage plants here. And Aspidista is a classical one from Victorian times. Or mother-in-law's tongue. Snake plants will survive the dark. That's your lot for this month. Thank you.
10: The Beacon VIP Group is a group of working age, visually impaired people that meet up once a month to bring new ideas, activities and social gatherings to Beacon. We are a friendly bunch and we would love new members. We meet in the Beacon Coffee Bar where you can enjoy a range of refreshments including tea, coffee, beer and snacks. Some months we do an activity, other months we discuss ideas and future activities. We've had a quiz and a pub meal this year and we have speakers, bell ringers and a Christmas feast on the horizon. Our next meeting is Wednesday, the 31st of August at 6pm. Join us for a social meeting and a fun games night. You can contact our lifestyle coordinators on 01902 880 111. Do you want to learn to play golf? Do you want to improve your swing? We have six hours worth of coaching free for you. The Mark Butler Gold Academy, based just outside Sedgley, would love to welcome you and support your needs. You can start on the driving range and with your new skills, you can move on to the practice area and golf course. To find out more or to get involved, contact the Lifestyle Coordinators 01902 880111.
5: Hope you have enjoyed reading the newsletter and listening to it. Just a reminder that we do have accommodation at Beacon Court and we do currently have apartments available. So if you want to speak to Bromford on 01902-882-170 and speak to the manager. Remember, you can always get in contact with us here at Beacon at 01902. 880 It would be great to hear from you and see so many people taking part in our activities and if there's anything I can help you with please just get in touch. Have a fabulous August and hope to see as many of you as possible. Bye!
0: No, it's trivia time brought to us by flashback Roger and his did you know feature
6: hello again everyone hope that you're all keeping well again this week you know just lately I've been watching old films on the movie channel and it got me thinking about the advent of cinematography That's a big word for me to come out with, isn't it? Any road up? Pin back your lug holes and sit up straight. Now then, did you know that? The very first moving picture ever shown to a proper audience was that made by Louis Le Prince in 1888. It's called The Round Hay Garden Scene. It was made in his garden in Leeds and showed his family walking around in the garden around the house. Sadly, though... Louis Le Prince died just 10 days after it was made. There were other ways to see moving pictures that were in the form of a zoetrope machine, known often as What the Butler Saw or Peep Show machines. The individual viewer would pay a coin in a slot, look through a lens, turn a handle and receive flickering scenes, often of a saucy nature. They would be found on seaside piers and the like at the turn of the 19th century. Magic lanterns were also popular household toys and entertainment. Families could sit around the table and view various scenes usually of galloping horses, acrobats, jugglers or of circus acts by peering through slots made in a revolving drum. The images inside the drum had the appearance of moving over and over again. The development of celluloid or plastic type flexible film made it possible to roll the film and make longer features. Film came in various widths, originally 8 millimeters, then 16, 35, and latterly 75mm widths. When sound was added to the film itself, then the silent movie era was over, and talkies appeared, when in 1927 the jazz singer starring Al Johnson wowed audiences. The majority of films were made in black and white, because while colour film had been invented, it was much too costly to be a viable medium. Some black and white films were hand-tinted by frame by frame. What a laborious process that would have been. These films were called coloured, as opposed to colour film, to differentiate. These days, movies are recorded digitally, using computers that can do a host of tasks and effects. Computer graphic imagery, or CGI, is commonplace now, creating scenes and characters that appear totally real. In a TV Galaxy chocolate advert, which appears to feature Audrey Hepburn, is actually and unbelievably entirely made using CGI and not a human being is in sight. Well, what do you think about that then? I think it's amazing stuff, and high tech it certainly is, but it really is still a magic lantern to me. Ah well, back to sorting through some of my Odin's. Now then, I'm sure you'll all know the one It's a Wonderful Life with James Stewart. Well, the only Oscar that that film won was for the artificial snow that was made using fire extinguishing foam. Till next week then, I'll say bye for now. Ta-ra-ra-bit. bit ta Ta-ra.
0: Cheers very much for those facts, Roger. Up now, it's time to move over into the sport. Penalty apiece saw Wolves draw 1-1 in a competitive friendly with Sporting in Portugal. Playing at the Estado Algarve near Faro, both sides made a good start in what was an intense game. Wolves took the lead when Ruben Neves converted a penalty after 15 minutes. But on the stroke of half-time, Sporting were handed a spot kick of their own. Former Wolves winger Pedro Goncalves converted it with the last action of the half. The second half was a cagey and fiery affair with several bookings, but neither side could force through a winner and Wolves settled for a draw. The next day, young Wolves side saw out the final pre-season friendly of the summer with a 1-1 draw with Farnese. The Portuguese second division side made the perfect start after five minutes when Christian Pond curled home a beautiful free kick. Wolf struggled to get back into the game before starting the second half in a brighter fashion and found an equaliser when Huang Hee Chan converted from the penalty spot. There was a dark moment, however, as Huang seemed to suggest there were some racist remarks directed at him from Far and East fans behind the goal. Wolf subsequently released a statement condemning the incident and confirming that they will report the incident to UEFA and have called for an investigation. Two West Brom new boys combined to earn a 1-1 draw at Middlesbrough during an entertaining opening game of the Skybet Championship season at the Riverside. John Swift, who moved from the Hawthorne after his Reading contract expired, was in the perfect place to turn in his first goal for the Baggies five minutes after half-time. That goal, laid on by another summer recruit, former Millwall man Dred Wallace, cancelled out Middlesbrough's 10th minute opener from Isaiah Jones. It was a much better second half display from West Brom after manager Steve Bruce had watched Borough control most of the first half but ultimately they couldn't find a winner. Speaking after the game, Baggy's boss Bruce said I thought we started well enough but we didn't really recover after they scored until half time. The second half was much better and I was pleased with the reaction but the 25 minutes after they scored was difficult for us. And he added What you say in the dressing room has to stay in the dressing room but there were a few home truths delivered. I think they just needed reminding the player of a bit more intensity, and the second half was chalk and cheese. That was evident for everybody to see. Arguably, we could have gone on to win it, but Middlesbrough, for me, will be there or thereabouts by the end of the season. Up now, we have to hear what the weather has in store for us. Brought to us as always, by Mina.
4: weather for this week ahead looks to be mostly settled and dry. Temperatures will be typically hovering around 22 degrees. UV levels are expected to be moderate throughout the week. The sunrise and sunset times are 5.40am for the sunrise and 8.47pm for the sunset. For Friday 5th of August and Saturday 6th of August we have sunny outbreaks and gentle breeze with a maximum temperature of 19 degrees. On Sunday 7th of August we have patchy cloud, a soft breeze with a maximum temperature of 21 degrees. And for Monday 8th of August all the way through to Thursday 11th of August we have sunny moments of wind with a maximum temperature of 22 degrees so that's your forecast for this week as always enjoy the weather
0: up now we hear the story of a blind mum who is bidding to represent great britain in power climbing despite hearing loss and
8: severe sight impairments tnf soundings features from across the uk This is Tanya
11: with an article written by Heather about a climber with sight and hearing loss. A mum from Hampshire is aiming high by bidding to represent British para climbing in international competitions despite hearing loss and severe visual impairments. Theresa Osborne Bell, who is 41, took up indoor climbing in 2013 when a friend invited her to try a taster session at a local climbing wall. She recalls, quote, "There was someone on the ground talking me through it. Even though I couldn't see the holds when I was on the wall, I just fell in love with climbing. I've caught the climbing bug and hope to represent Great Britain internationally." Unquote. Teresa, who was registered blind in 2008, also has severe hearing loss. Her sight issues were first spotted shortly after birth when she was diagnosed with involuntary eye movement and severe short-sightedness. At 13, she was diagnosed with an inoperable cataract in her left eye, followed by another in her right several years later. And then, after the birth of her daughter 16 years ago, doctors diagnosed a rare condition called Leber Congenital amaurosis that affects the retina. Since then, her sight has continued to decline, and she now has just 4% central vision and severely restricted peripheral vision. Teresa climbs with the aid of Bluetooth hearing aids and a friend on the ground. A friend holds Theresa's climbing rope and uses a phone to link to the hearing aids to explain where she can find the holds on the wall. Theresa explains, If the holds are within arm's reach, then I sweep my arms across trying to find them. Since 2016, Teresa has taken part in several competitions on walls in Manchester, Edinburgh, Newcastle and London. Her highest climb was at a charity event in 2016 when she climbed 180 metres. In competitions, climbers are graded according to the severity of their visual impairment. As in many areas of life, COVID put back Theresa's training, but she's now working hard and hopes to represent Great Britain abroad in the World Series.
8: TNF
0: Soundings. Have you done any good at a quiz this week? Well, now's the time to find out, as we have the quiz answers.
4: Hello and here are your answers for this week's Flashback Quiz. Are you ready? Question 1. In what year was the first film shown to a proper audience? And the answer here is 1888. Question 2. What was a popular name for zoetrope Machine? And the answer. Peep Show or A What the Butler Saw Machine. Question three: Where could you see a zoetrope? And the answer on a seaside pier. Question four: Can you name another popular movie toy used by families? And the answer: a magic lantern. Question five: What was the title of the first talking picture? And the answer here is The Jazz Singer. And finally, question six. What does CGI stand for? And the answer here is computer generated imagery. How did you do? Great, I hope. But if not, there's always another chance to have a go next week. Now, did you get the answer to this week's guess the sound question that Rob asked at the start of the show? Here's one more chance to hear it before I tell you the answer. The sound you just heard was a recording of someone cracking the egg on the side of a bowl. Now to end this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News, we're having some gardening tips for the month of August.
8: DNF Soundings. Features from across the UK.
12: This is Jan reading the monthly gardening feature written by Jane. August is usually the hottest month, but I'm writing this during the July heat wave, and I'm not sure that will be true this year. As temperatures soar around the country, not only do people and animals need to keep hydrated, but we must be sure that our plants, shrubs and trees are also well watered to prevent them from dying. Lawns need water too, But with water suppliers telling us to preserve water as much as we can, the lawns tend to turn brown and scorched like an African plain. All flowers need constant deadheading, especially dahlias, roses, petunias and daylilies. Hydrangeas, geraniums, lavender and hibiscus, however, are just a few of the plants that enjoy dry, warm conditions and are in full bloom. With summer bedding plants starting to fade, hardy cyclamens are also doing well. Harvest sweet corn and vegetables as they ripen and are ready to eat. Fruits such as blackberries, raspberries and strawberries are ripening and are ready to pick. Make new strawberry plants by separating the runners and planting the small plants either in pots in the greenhouse or in the garden. Look out for disease on vegetable plants. Remove any diseased leaves as soon as possible, or, if all else fails, treat plants with organic or chemical sprays from the garden centre. Prune pears and apples grown as espalier plants, that is ones grown horizontally along wires rather than as trees. And finally, don't forget to top up ponds and water features regularly. Two shows to visit in August are the RHS Garden Hyde Hall Flower Show in Chelmsford, Essex from the 3rd to the 7th of August and the RHS Garden Rosemore Flower Show in Great Torrington, Devon from the 19th to the 21st of August. Take care in the heat, stay hydrated, wear a hat when outdoors, put on sun cream to prevent your skin burning and keep cool. More gardening news in September.
8: TNF Soundings.